Welcome to Mysteries, Monsters, and Mayhem. I'm Shannon Lawrence. And I'm M.B. Partlow. Quick content warning before we get started. This podcast may contain language and disturbing content, so enter at your own risk. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We're recording. We're recording early since you are doing a thing next week. I am. Yeah. Thing one is having a birthday. So we're going to go visit her. Yay. I'm, like, I'm not doing a thing next week, and I'm good with that, because in the following weekend, I'm doing a thing. So, What are you doing the following Sisters weekend? Sisters in Crime. Oh, that's right. That's right, because I can't go to it, because thing two is moving that day. That's right. That weekend. I have to be up in Parker at 9.30 in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not going to be good, <laughs> especially because this morning I was still awake at 9 a.m. So I just turned on the light when Jeff woke up at nine, read my book for a while, and then (laughs) tried to go back to sleep again after that. So however many hours of sleep that ended up being, I think I got an hour and a half. I think I got a REM cycle. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, my sleep went back to crap for like five days ago for whatever reason. So I'm so sorry. Yay! Don't I look perky and awake today? (laughs) You were sitting out getting your vitamin D when I got here. I was. I tried to do that each day that it's doable. In yes. Colorado, that's a lot easier than it would that's be. That's like 400 places. days a year. Out of the year. <laughs> now, the, I wow. say that as, yeah, because I came from back, I grew up back east where we have mm-hmm. actual weather. Yeah. And you have days that are cloudy and days that are, it rains all day. It rains all week. Well, is it Colorado's like second for sunshine days or something like yes. that in the country? Not the world or anything. But <laughs> it beats the Middle East, but... Uh, <laughs> In all of Africa, Australia. Yes. So, yeah, no, it's it's super sunny here. It's one of the problems, though, when I think about moving. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I miss Oregon, but I don't know that I could deal as an adult with uh, yeah. that few sunny days anymore. And people do come here to deal with seasonal affective disorder. They do. And I'm like, no, I need a few gloomy days. Yeah, I like a gloomy day. I like fog. Oh, Ugh, yes. I love a fog. Rarely do we have fog in <laughs> No, I will say place. that where I live is kind of perfect for it because I've got this, the, it's a uh, hogback ridge behind us oh. is what it's called if anybody's into geology, but it, but it's between us and Ute Valley Park. And so you can watch the fog creep down oh, that hill. that would be fun. Which is neat. I have a friend who lives in Palmer Lake and I swear to you, every time she's in my book group, every time... It seems, unless it's winter and it's absolutely cold, every time we go to her house, there's fog. Neat. I need to live in Palmer Lake. Apparently. On the lake. I've only been to that lake once because I went with a friend and we were trying to find some friend's house and we never did. (laughs) It's a, it used to be really difficult to navigate up there. Oh. It's gotten, it's gotten better. I just remember, I feel like we got dropped off somewhere and then just walked trying to find it because we weren't in a car. We weren't driving age yet. Wow. And her dad certainly wasn't driving us around. I guarantee you my parents were because <laughs> I had 200 siblings. <laughs> okay, 200 there was siblings. none of that shit. There was none of that nonsense and humoring happening. Uh-huh. But my friend was a single. <laughs> no, she wasn't an only child, but her sister was much older and gone. Yep. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> I actually often forget that she had a sister because the sister was gone when I knew her. So I never met the sister, you know? So she must have been much older. Yeah, weird. I just had that little (laughs) epiphany right there. 
I've always thought of her as an only child in my head for whatever she. It's I a podcast like and it's therapy. <laughs> hey, I'm reading all about PTSD right now. I could do it. I know. I'm like, I want to <laughs> read that book when you're. Oh, it's good. Well, I can get my own copy, but I do want to read that. Well, Everybody we talked about it now on camera. It's the body keeps the score. Everything you talk about on Facebook, everything people are like, I must have that. Because you talked about I'm going to become a freaking affiliate. Those uh, headphones? Yes. The headband headphones? Yes. Eight people ordered them. And oh, I just wow. recommended them to a friend. <laughs> like, it pops up, like, once a week, somebody finds it. Mm-hmm. And then they call me and it pops back up. Or I get, like, a, a PM from somebody and they're like, oh, my God, I bought those. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I could have made, like, $10. <laughs> You Come could on. have made tens of dollars. Tens of them. Yeah. I mean, they're good. I still use them. I haven't tried sleeping in them yet, but I wore them at work one day. It was delightful. Oh, see, I've thought about that. I was like, I could actually edit the podcast in those. <gasps> you could. Because they're comfy. They're pretty comfy. They are very comfortable. So instead of the giant, I'm using my son's X, like, huge headphones with the big robber things that go over your ears because they're kind of sound blocking. Oh, noise canceling, yeah. And they have the mic that I can pull down, like, they're gamer ones. Yes. And so that's what I used to do it instead of my little earbuds because I think I swear on all that is holy, I have narrow ear canals or something Mm -hmm. because any earbuds I try and use, they're just, A, they hurt, but B, like, they move out. Yes, they're especially a pain in the ass when you're walking. Yeah. And all of a sudden, ping, one just <laughs> makes a break for it. Now, I have the ones on the cord. I don't have the cordless yeah, ones. Yeah, I got the cordless I would lose ones them. for my Apple because you can't. Yes, it, I would lose them or I would swallow one or it's just, I'm like, you know, we're not all ready for that. <laughs> you're not all ready for tiny capsules in our ears that are expensive. That are expensive and losable and don't fit because they're engineered for different ear canals. Yes. Than mine. And apparently yours. They are engineered for white male ear canals. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though. They probably but, are because aren't most things when you uh, yes. come down to it. And it's like... Pretty sure they invented speculums, too. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so how... No, Half of our audience is laughing hysterically down, but there's a portion who's going, what's what? a speculum? <laughs> and that's, what is that? There's a meme that goes around. There's always a fucking meme. There's a meme. Say that. Yes. And it's like, it's got a picture of a speculum and it says, oh. if you don't know how to use this car tool or yes. something like that. You can't call yourself a car guy if you don't know how to use this tool. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That wasn't that long ago. No. It was yeah. probably Veronica that posted Probably. <laughs> she is the source of all memes. I get my writing memes from Kim a lot of the time. Yep. And <laughs> author. Every K. other Olgren, <laughs> And all my other memes from Veronica. Yep. Uh-oh. Our Callista would be her writing name. Yes. I get some from Cranky Old Women. That's a Facebook group. <laughs> I do have. I've joined meme groups because yes. I'm a meme addict. I admit it. I also love gifs, 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 giffy gifs. Yeah, I'll never, I hate gif. (laughs) I can't, no, that's a peanut butter. (laughs) It is a peanut butter. Do you know that there was once a Superman peanut butter? I tried it. I did not know that. I had it at a friend's house when I was a kid. It was probably like extra expensive brand or something. Now, did your mom ever buy the peanut butter and jelly swirled together? 
Oh, it was like, it was called Goober or something yes. like that? No, because I had that at our friend's house. Most of the stuff that was like a novelty I had I bought that houses. for my kids. Oh, yeah? And I can't remember. And I never tasted it. And I'm like, I don't remember if it was any good or not. I have no idea. They've never asked me to buy it again. <laughs> Even as a kid, if I, I was, what was it? Skippy. I really liked Skippy. I, I don't think I cared. It was just peanut butter. I, I wasn't a. Apparently, I was a nuanced peanut butter eater, but I really do love my peanut butter. Like, my favorite is when you open that brand new jar oh, well. and it, oh, it smells so good. And then you dig your knife into that smooth, creamy top. I love it. Knife or finger? I feel like it's visual <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> knife. Because I share it with others. <laughs> you don't care. Her face. You just hit Envy's face. She just did a facial shrug on that one. Because I'm like, really? Who's in the kitchen with you when you're opening the peanut butter? Are they going to know if you used... A knife or your finger or your tongue for that matter. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, will. I know you wouldn't lick the peanut butter, but. I once had a cat who loved peanut butter. He loved everything. He loved mac and cheese. He yep. ate pickles and popcorn. His name was Malachi and he was an orange tabby and he was psychotic and wonderful. And That's orange tabbies in a nutshell. Right oh my there. goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I, you leave peanut butter, he left anything out. And he was the one who would constantly pull down glasses from tables and counters <laughs> Like, I don't have a cat that does that right now. Our old cat does, mm-hmm. like our older, elder cat, Cleo, she's the one who will sit there on my armrest on my sofa and pull everything off the table next to me, but not <laughs> usually glasses, ah. you know? But he would, ugh, even if we just left glasses next to the sink, oh, that's they were going to get shattered. Uh, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Talk about incentive to do your freaking dishes. <laughs> when we got him, we didn't have a dishwasher, so... At first, we had one before he died. <laughs> Self defense. <laughs> he I'd moved say. to so many houses that poor cat, well, <laughs> apartments and townhomes, and then finally two houses. Yeah, and cats, when you move them, they get a little cranky and they were like, Well, fine, I'm just gonna poop in unpredictable places. I will say that was one thing about him. He was a little shit, and I swear he was this far off from, from being feral. <laughs> and non adoptable, because we had we had such scars on our arms for that. <laughs> Little monster, but he, he was anywhere you took him, he was like, All right, it's mine now. Uh, but he's also the one that would go and live with other people for a week and disappear, and we'd think he was dead because <laughs> he could slip out of his collar. The yep. number of times I had to get it because he had slipped it off enough because we tried to make it tighter. Yeah. And then his jaw would be wedged open and mm-hmm. it was horrific. So then we had to keep it looser because I was like, he's going to just or die. Or they can get hung up on stuff. Yes. And so, yeah, but, and he'd jump in cars because he loved car rides. Yeah. So that was him. He was, he was a special cat. That's yeah. for sure. Kids are easier than that cat was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Right. <laughs> He died. We had to put him down the day Aww. of one of Gabriel's boy child's birthday parties. And then everybody Aww. came over and we're like, <laughs> you know, so we had to act all happy and cheerful happy with all birthday. those kids and parents there. <laughs> and we couldn't tell them until later. Right. It's terrible. Oh it was like his, let me see. He had preschool friends over. So he had to have been like, I don't remember. It's a pretty cool Three five, four? four. I don't four know. Maybe. Yeah, I'd put it. So four, probably. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's a poor cat. But anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> we 
bookended the school year once. The girls started school and we had to put down cat number one. Oh. And the school year ended and we had to put down the other cat. It was like, oh. yeah, he, he was bonded was with another one of our cats and she only lasted a few more months, I think. It was sad. It's just, yeah, let's change the topic. <laughs> let's talk about murder or books or food or so did anything. Did you see Shang-Chi? I did. Yeah, I finally saw it. It was I, another one of those things everybody talked about, and I was like, fuck it, I'm not watching it for a while. Yes, because it's the seven rings or the ten rings. Yeah, the, something of the ten rings. Back, I'll find it because I, I think it's the ten rings because it was like five per arm. Which in the comics, they were kept somewhere different, and they put them on the... I was reading the trivia. <laughs> so, okay, here's trivia for you on it. Uh-oh. Well, I won't know it. <laughs> oh, no. So, the original comic character ah. by, was based on Bruce Lee. So, hey, the Amazon person is back. It's the same exact one. That's funny as hell. Yes, well. the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. So, right before we started recording... Hey, I think there's a glitch in the Matrix because that dude walked by a few minutes ago, too, in the same direction. <laughs> Except for the Amazon vehicle just came from the other direction. That was really freaking weird. And he was walking weird. next door. He didn't go back to the truck. Oh, no. it must be my neighbor. Oh. But I don't know I'm why like, he's walked this way twice. It looked like a man in a brown uniform going that way. No, it's a chick. Oh. The Amazon is a chick. The dude that walked by had a red cap. It was my neighbor. Oh. <laughs> anyway, there's a glitch in the Matrix. So... Bruce Lee was the yes. inspiration for the character originally. Stan Lee, when Brandon Lee was still alive, Bruce Lee's son, intended for him to play Shang-Chi. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And then it didn't work out. No. I mean, even before he died. Everything's going to a dark place right now. I, I was, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was fun because, you know, I was a Brandon Lee fan, so. Oh, I, Yeah. His older sister was named Shannon, and I have a little brother named Brandon, too. Hmm. And, of course, as a teenager, I thought that was remarkable. <laughs> that my crush had an older Isn't sister. Isn't it always the things you think are just fate when you're a teenager, and then you get a little older, and you're like, oh, fuck it. Right? <laughs> How many and people? Somehow it sticks in your head, yeah. like, the novelty of things that you learned when you were younger, and nobody gives a shit anymore. They're not yeah. wild. They all know it. But when you knew it as a child, it was yeah. a big freaking deal, and nobody else knew it. And mm-hmm. now you stare all like, oh, random fact, and they're all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> random fact, blah, blah, blah. And Nikki's just like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Mom, everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, my latest thing is came home the other day and I said, you have to teach me and Miss Amy how to put on um, false eyelashes. Oh. She goes, I don't know what your problem is, but falsies are not the answer. <laughs> and I start busted up because Joe and I are older parents, uh, but to us, falsies are fake boobs. Yeah. Whereas apparently today, falsies means false eyelashes. And so whenever I hear somebody say falsies, it just cracks me up. You can call it the, the falsies, the boobs and fakesies, the lashes. There you go. <laughs> But she was like, why? And I said, and we need to put on, and you need to teach us how to put on glitter eyeshadow. And she was like, why? What is wrong with it? I said, well, we're going to go. Where are you going? Raving? Vegas. We're not going. Okay, but I don't think people are walking around Vegas with fake season Here's glitter. The thing. We're going to Vegas specifically to go thrifting, which I know is your idea of hell. <laughs> so you're going to thrift and fake eyelashes. Because... You Every time you add on. to this, you say it like it's supposed to explain it to okay, me. Okay, I'm about to get there. Just play along. Okay. 
There are thrift stores where you can try on the showgirl costumes. Oh. And I said it would look ridiculous to put on a big 30-pound headpiece and not have any makeup on at all. It kind of snowball. Would you like some glitter spray? I used to I used to use glitter spray when I went dancing. Okay. Plumbing. How, how old is said glitter spray? <laughs> oh, I gave my old stuff to Savannah ages okay. ago. But Nikki's all like, okay, you're not using that cheap because I happen to have a big palette of eyeshadow now with some very glittery. And she's like, no, here's how you And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have this, therefore it's free. She's like, but the quality, you will get better pigment. And I'm like, now you're not hearing I me. I have this, and it's free. <laughs> I want to use the free stuff. <laughs> and one of the, so I have this set, uh, three sets of uh, fakies, and they're varying lengths. You know, there's like a medium. I and have a rainbow long ones. Well, the longest ones say that they're made from real human hair. Ew. It's kind of like, I, I don't know how, how to feel about that. That's okay. I feel filthy about the. So here's the thing. I wouldn't try all like, the showgirl you... costumes because oh. A, are they even washable? And B, you don't know what's happened when they're in those costumes. It's like when I went to look at prom dresses one time at ARC and ah. found white stains on multiple of them and turned around and walked the fuck out. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> this is also why I don't. Uh... Also, because one time, because when I was a teenager, I one did do thrifting this one time at band camp. <laughs> I went to a Goodwill and I tried on, oh, it was everything for velvet. And it was like the cutest velvet is it had like pants and a short sleeve top. Mm-hmm. And I put it on and it smelled funny. And I took it off and I was covered in what appeared to be powdered mildew all over my body afterwards. And that was the last time I... <laughs> Sorry, that's just disgusting. It was disturbing. That yes, and I was like, I really want that outfit, but I'm not getting it because I'm not sure that's washable. Because I would have to fumigate it first. Yeah, so I don't know what closet that sat in or what happened. I don't know. So gross. You know what? I'm that's I'm willing to still try one on. Okay, I just take a shower afterwards. Bear in mind, you know what? Everybody can kind of envision. You get pregnant from a showgirl costume. (laughs) Okay, we'd have to turn back time, first of all, for both of us. So gross. Like. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not trying to dissuade you. I know you're enjoying your thrifting. Picture picture a Vegas showgirl, okay? Have you got this picture in your head? Is she fat and over 50? So, I. So, I don't think I'm going to find, like, 800 outfits I can try. It's true. Just the head. Just trying the head, head pieces. Piece. The showgirls really are probably the, all size zeros. Amy really wants the big feather thing coming out of her butt. You know, the big feather thing that, <laughs> on the back, so. That's a word out. Coming out of her butt. <laughs> that is how she worded the it. The tail? That would be it. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> So we were like, I said, you know, we might not actually buy any of these. And she goes, no, but we could sure take pictures when we try them on. <laughs> yes. So we will share the. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I said, I have to be very careful thrifting because I'm drawn to furniture and lamps. And I can't, I can't pack that shit and bring it home. Correct. I'm way Are too you cheap flying to or me. driving? Flying. Okay. 
No, if we were driving, we would take the minivan and just pack just that fill it with lamps the, and shit. We would probably pack a cooler and sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just put a little mattress back, a little air mattress. Yeah, hook it up. Be like one of those weird single dudes. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to co- co- cover the windows. Make it a mini rape mobile. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the bad man van. I was wondering because the the van thing was such a, a what eighties thing, really nineties. But I was yeah. like, is anybody outside of Generation X? Do they still eyeball vans with no windows I the do. way I do? Because I straight up they're kidnapper vans. Period. Yes, that's what that's. But I'm curious if millennials, for example. And boomers would be like kidnapper van. Boomers think everybody's having sex in them. <laughs> when they see a van. Sometimes they are. Well, Hopefully it's consensual. Yes. They're thinking the whole um, shag carpeting. 70s. And if this van's a rocking, don't bother knocking. Okay. Yeah. So do millennials view them as kidnapper vans? Because I think that trend had kind of. Because. I don't know. They they weren't doing the push about you're going to be kidnapped if you breathe outside of your home mm-hmm. anymore so much with them as they were. It was such a big, colossal thing, which actually leads into my, hey, oh, well, why don't I get started? Go. Oh, I'll go first. We my God, go what first. a segue. <laughs> and it wasn't even intentional. We a segue. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, go for it. I'm calling this one Runaway Train, and you'll see why, the obvious reasons why, in just a moment. I had a shit ton of sources for this, and I think that'll be explained, too. So, my sources were People Magazine, Real Clear, The Charlie Project, The Resource Center for Cold Case Missing Children's Cases, CNN, Medium, Iowa Cold Cases, Reddit, Web Sleuths, Backroad Mysteries, Unsolved Mysteries Forum, KEC. I was, when I had to write that down, I couldn't even say it on my head, right? I went, and I was like, if you were on this news station. What is it? K-E-T-K. K-E-T-K. K-E-T-K News, which is a Fox station, and Deseret News. (laughs) But I was like, it's really hard to say. And over and over again, I would be like, (laughs) K-E-T-K. I love it when you can use Reddit as a source. Well, it's fascinating because they'll link to all sorts of oh, other things. Oh, yes, there are they will. Are serious about their shit on Oh, there. yes. Okay. So here's the explanation. And at least Gen Xers will get this pretty fast. In June 1993, Soul Asylum put out a music video featuring 36 missing children. Actually, there were 13 in the, in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it ended up being released in multiple countries and they do local kids there okay. and also the deal when they went into it so there were three different versions of the music video oh wow in total there would be 36 missing children because okay. they would if a child was found then they would go in and edit it and put a new child wow on the music video yeah that's pretty committed yeah and the the thing is, the song was about depression. It wasn't about runaways or, right. or kidnappings, but they were like, they were inspired by milk cartons at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the video stuck with me. It's always been, I know that it stuck with a lot of people because 
I was reading Reddit and they were like, I was so disturbed by that. Whenever it came on, I couldn't sleep. And they were like little though. So one of my friends was missing when it came out. Now she wasn't in the video. So I'm not going, my kid, my friend was on the video, but she'd been missing for a while and she wouldn't turn up. Let's see. I think I was 14 and she turned up when we were like 16. So yeah, two years of calling her parents and saying, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? And them calling me and saying, have you heard anything? And she turned out pregnant. So <laughs> after two years, she came. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I even, I remember the first time we even saw the video, we were in Oregon visiting family and we had gone to visit. The mom was my friend's, was my mm-hmm. mom's friend. And then the daughter was my friend. And so they let me sleep over that night. And I was sleeping in her bed and I already had insomnia. I had it when I was 12 is when I first got it. So I'm lying in her bed wide awake. And so she let me keep the TV on and I just kept TV on because then it was actual music videos all the time. It wasn't all the shitty programming. So yeah, I'm just lying there with the music video going, wishing to God I could sleep like a human being. And (laughs) on came that video. And so it just, yeah, it hit me at the right spot at that time. And it's a really good song too. I have it on my, you know, my iTunes, which is what made me think of this. Mm -hmm. So not even my iTunes. It's on my, it's on my iPhone though. But I have the CD. You know, people, CDs were these little round. (laughs) I still have CDs. I still play CDs. I got rid of most of them because I converted. We just copied them all over and made MP3s and then made, put them on my thingamajiggy. They're on my computer and on my phone. My favorite road trip game is to stop at a thrift store and buy, you know, the $1 CDs. Yeah. Play them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just grab a random handful. Nice. Sometimes chuck them at the next one. You still can. I don't even think my radio and my Jeep takes a CD anymore. And it's funny because I I think when we got my husband's Wrangler, which is not old, it's not even as old as my Liberty, it it had like a tape deck in it. And we were like, what the hell kind of car company puts a tape deck in there still? (laughs) Well, my 2006 minivan will will play a CD. Yeah, but his Wrangler is a 2000-something, and it had the tape deck. I wow. Where? Anyway, ultimately, 26 of the children would be found. Some returned home after they saw the video. Others were sadly found dead. Most of them were runaways, though. So there were 10 children who were never accounted for, and that was just the United States. I did not do the ones in the other states, other countries. They were England and Australia had versions. So at the time they were playing it, the, so I'm trying to think. Somebody said there was a New Zealand version, but I didn't find that anywhere else. And I think they were on crack. And also there were rumors about, oh, I heard that this one kid got found. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, this and such and such. And I couldn't, if I couldn't substantiate it anywhere else, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing that. So the version, versions in Australia and England, two of them, and I believe I mentioned this next time, but hell, it's in my head. <laughs> So four of the victims, two in each of those countries, were victims of serial killers. Oh. That ended up being bigger ones that people would know the names of. Peter Tobin and Ivan Malat. So here are the ten who were not found. Although, <sighs> I kept one of them on here instead of moving it because he's still on the missing lists. But I feel like it's solved. So anyway, Andrea Durham, 
disappeared February 1st, 1990 from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. She was 13 years old when she disappeared. She was white, blonde, and had green eyes. She'd had to move recently and was struggling with the change. They lived in an apartment. It sounded to me, nobody said divorce, but the mom and her sister and her had had to move into an apartment. So it kind of sounds like Mm -hmm. something like that had happened. And she'd been getting in trouble. She had been in actual legal trouble. She had been a lookout for some kids who were committing thefts. And so she got community service for that. Her mom and sister were heading out at 7.45 p.m. for some sort of meeting. I didn't say what kind of meeting. And they asked her, so she was told, do your homework and then vacuum. When they arrived home around 10 p.m., the vacuum was standing in the middle of the living room, Mm -hmm. upright. And the front door was unlocked. Her belongings were all intact. Her purse was there. But Andrea wasn't there. She was missing. There was no sign of forced entry, nothing like that. She was initially treated as a runaway because she had been in trouble, but it was later determined that she was most likely the victim of a stranger kidnapping. In fact, there are suspicions that serial killer Mark, and I don't know how to pronounce it, Ribe or Ribe, R-I-E-B-E, who worked with William Alex Wells III, may have had something to do with it as his stepkids were friends with her and she'd been to his house repeatedly to play with them before he got busted. So anyway, there's no proof of that. Right. It's alleged (laughs) this time. But that one sounds like it probably is. That's not the one I think is solved. Ah. Byron Page went missing January 29th, 1992 from Los Angeles, California. He was 17 years old and preparing to take his driving test. He was black with black hair and brown eyes. When his mom, a nurse, got home from work, he wasn't home. A friend said he'd seen Byron, who sometimes went by Eric, which was his middle name, at a bus stop, and that he was heading for a music store that he frequently went to, but he never came home. The store reported that they nobody remembered seeing him, so he hadn't been there. So he never arrived, but he... Did he get on the bus? Did he not? They have no idea. It's thought that foul play was involved with his disappearance. He was happy. He was successful. He'd been accepted to several colleges. He was excited to have scored in the top 6% of black students on the PSAT. He was thriving. He wanted to be a counselor at a camp that summer. He, you know, he was just, Mm -hmm. this was a boy who was going to make something of himself. And see, I didn't write down like their height and weight from the things, but he was, he wasn't a small kid. He was a 17 year old man, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel like he could have been forcibly kidnapped. I feel like there would be somebody who knew him who, if he got in a car or something, you know? Yeah. Like a little 13 year old girl is possibly easy to pick up and run away with. Exactly. Yeah. A 17 year old boy, not so much. No. And he was... He wasn't the tallest of the boys that I remember on there. Because, I mean, I looked at those things, but mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to try and remember them on here. But, all right, Christopher Kurtz. This one's such a weird one. Christopher Kurtz went missing April 20th, 1990 from Egan, Minnesota. He was 17 years old, white, with brown hair and brown eyes. His case, bizarre. <laughs> that morning, he told his parents he had a headache. So they let him stay home from school and headed out for the day. He said it was a really bad headache. He thought he was running a fever. When they got home, he was gone. Their van was gone, which was a Dodge Caravan. His father's hunting rifle was missing, but no ammo had been taken with it. And he'd left a note saying, quote, Mom, something important came up. Plus, the plus sign, feeling somewhat better. Back by six. Unless I get lost. Lost was underlined twice. Love, Chris. His mom, the you know, the cops thought lost meant something, that he was sending a, a secret message. Mm-hmm. But his mom said, no, nah, he just got lost while driving around sometimes. <laughs> so he was literally just saying, I might get lost and be late. 
The investigation showed he'd removed $200 from his savings account that day. A day later, a note arrived from Duluth, Minnesota, saying he'd lied about being sick and wanted to get away. He apologized, saying he meant to commit suicide. The van was found two days after his disappearance in northern Minnesota near a state forest and a national forest. There were two mm-hmm. different ones. About 20 miles from his grandparents' home in Grand Rapids. He'd left the keys and a note in the van saying who owned it. The family started getting phone calls where no one would speak, as did his best friend. But when they tried to speak to that person, they'd hang up. These lasted about six months. He was in the National Honor Society and doing well in school. He'd never expressed feelings of depression or suicidal ideation before. So while he's listed as an at-risk runaway, it's possible foul play was involved. They just don't know. He just disappeared. And it's all these years later, he still hasn't turned up. Wow. And by the way, all of these... All the kids that were chosen for the videos were considered missing endangered. Okay. So they felt they were at risk. Kimberly Sue Doss went missing September 27th, 1982 from Davenport, Iowa. She was 16 years old at the time of her disappearance. White with brown hair and brown eyes. She also had a gap between her upper front teeth. And in the pictures, it's pretty distinctive. The last confirmed sighting of her was at a bus station where she arrived to visit her father. She was living in Houston with her mother at the time, and she had successfully gotten to the bus stop. Except I couldn't find, this is frustrating, the people on Reddit were frustrated too. They're like, okay, so who cited her there? Because it wasn't her dad, right? Uh So who cited her there? Or was she actually cited there? Because buses stop a billion freaking times. I've been on one. They stop yeah. so much that she could have gotten off before. So are we positive she was Or, or is it, was it the bus driver saying, yeah, I remember yeah, her she getting was there. off. That's the thing. Okay. So she never made it to her dad's house. Or so he said. Two years later, Thursday's Child, which is an organization that, you know, deals with... Kids living on the streets and stuff like that reported that they were working with a girl named Kimberly Gardner. Her name was Kimberly Sue Doss. Kimberly Gardner, who matched her description and that she was a prostitute on Hollywood Boulevard. This was never confirmed, though, that it was the same person. And their description was of a woman four inches taller than Kimberly. And her mother didn't believe it was her. The police didn't believe it was her. And I think it was like two years later before the police were like, well, even though the mom doesn't think it's her, let's look into it and see if we can find her. They had the pimp's name and everything. She was gone. How old was she when she went missing? She was 16. So she... And it was like... Probably within two years. Inches, but no, probably not. I mean, if she had been At 13, 16, girls are pretty much at their height, usually. Yeah, I mean, they might grow a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Now, if it had been a boy, yes. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, okay. why I still I I have the mentality of a tall person because I was so tall as a little girl, <laughs> but five eight is while it's taller than average uh, technically, it's really not tall. But I still have the I just slouched because I was so tall and all of that, and I still do shit like that. But I'm not actually tall anymore because other people are not taller. Anyway, they don't know if that was her or not, and they're kind of now are operating on the basis that they think it might have been. But I'm like, did they actually did they actually stand her up against the wall and measure the prostitute? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but four inches seems like a lot. It's pretty distinctive in a person. I don't know. Yeah. So Dwayne Fochtman disappeared July 22nd, 1986 from Lincoln City, Oregon, which is near the coast. For those who don't know, I think it is a coastal city. I just went there because there was a Levi's uh, outlet store when Ooh. those became a big thing and mm-hmm. you could get the 
misaligned. And so we were able to get inexpensive pants when we were there. <clears throat> anyway, because I lived nearish the coast in McMinnville. He was 15 years old, white with brown hair and brown eyes. He had a damaged right finger. It said there was no explanation. And the actual, like all of the actual missing posters said a crippled right finger. And I was like, we don't really use that term anymore. And what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm like, but which finger? And it's all it said was on his right hand. He had a crippled finger. Yeah, on his right hand. And I'm like, okay, I, was it that just, I guess it must have been distinctive, like bent or something like that for them to put it in something where they're show, uh, telling you what you could yes. see. But they also, I didn't even put it down because I was like, and, but they also said he had broken the growth plate in his ankle or something at one point. And I'm like, so am I looking for a limp? They didn't say he limped. I was like, what does that mean to the casual passerby? Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's extremely little information on him or his disappearance, except that he was last seen in downtown Lincoln city, which I don't remember downtown being like, just, you know, if you're picturing like downtown Denver or something like that, no, no it's not that big a city. Uh, it was believed he was a runaway, but he didn't pick up his last paycheck. He left his money and cigarettes at home, and he had no transportation of his own. His mother had died when he was little, and his dad was in and out of legal trouble. So I, it seemed to me just that there was nobody to fight for him. Mm-hmm. And his story never even appeared in the local newspapers. Oh, God. Yeah. So this is a kid who was just on his own, honestly. There are claims that he was seen climbing into a red Corvette on Highway 101, which is the Pacific Coast Highway, but these have never been confirmed. And again, he was, I believe he was taller, but maybe slimmer than Byron, who I was talking about before. Right. And again, he would have to willingly get into something. And I can believe people leaving all sorts of things behind. But not cigarettes. Well, and money and cigarettes. I mean, even money, I can understand you just... On the spur of the moment, go. Yeah. But, but now, how do you plan to live if you don't uh, yeah. have your money? <laughs> Just So, yeah. Again, another. John Lango went missing January 1st, 1988 from Pottsville, Pennsylvania. He was 17, white with red hair and blue eyes. He had a burn scar on his upper right arm. He had fought with his girlfriend earlier that day. And then he'd invited some friends over to celebrate New Year's. Police were called due to an altercation. And it turns out his brother was actually on the forums and on Reddit and stuff. And he was like, he wasn't in an altercation, but his friend was messed up. And so police were called on the friend and it was about something completely different. They hadn't fought. And the little brother was much younger. I think he was 10. And anyway, so the police were called. And when they got there, he said, screw this, I'm out of here. And he went walking. But when he left, he walked down the street and there was a car waiting at the corner and he got into it because his little brother followed him. Oh, he ran out of the house to follow him, saw him get into this car, but he was little. He didn't get a plate number. He couldn't describe the car. All right. John had been drinking, but his brother said he was not intoxicated at that point. One of the investigating officers, and he was on the Reddit thing. He was retired. Oh, and wow. he was still It was still a case. He was, a lot of these, the cops are still, cops hate unsolved yes. missing kids. They hate them, you know. So anyways, the one of the investigating officers, and there had been an updated article, and he was in that. So they verified he was seen drinking at a bush party that night. I assume that means it was like an outdoor in a field or something. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't f- find out where he'd gone afterward or who had driven him there or who might have driven him away. So they did look around where the party was supposed to be in search for a body. 
Wilda Benoit disappeared July 23, 1992, from Creole, Louisiana. She was 14 at the time of her disappearance, white with brown hair and blue eyes. She had distinctive dimples and was wearing a hospital gown. And by the way, I will be posting pictures of these missing kids on our Instagram. She'd been released from the hospital for a shoulder injury that night and was on painkillers that made her pretty heavily sedated. She was still in her hospital gown, which I don't even Why? understand. Her stepsister posted in a forum looking for her and stated that her dad wasn't drinking anymore. It was just this message to her. If you're ever reading this, he's not drinking anymore. So that's why they thought she was a runaway. They thought she'd run away from that. But in her hospital gown? That doesn't. Yeah. Did the hospital just release her to? Yeah, they released her. But she did get home. She disappeared from her home in her hospital gown. So, But, I mean, she had to have been there such a short time. So that is my – a lot of people are like, did something happen? Did she get into a fight with her drunk dad when she got home so she didn't have time to change? Although, normally, you change at the hospital. Yeah, the hospital just booted her out from whatever. That doesn't even – yeah. So she was classified as a runaway, but her family denied that was possible. They really thought she'd been taken. There have been unsubstantiated reports of her in Florida, but they didn't go into detail on those or anything. And again, unsubstantiated, never been shown to actually be her. Martha Dunn, and by the way, where she lived, swamps everywhere. She's in one of them. That's my opinion. But hopefully not, right? I mean, that's always the hope of these. Yeah. Martha Dunn disappeared September 5th, 1990 from Dangerfield, Texas. I thought it was interesting. Dangerfield has an I, D-A-I. N-G-E-R. Really? I thought it was a typo, but it always said Dangerfield. She was 15 years old at the time, white with brown hair and eyes. Brown eyes. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like she had brown hair. Also, she had eyes. (laughs) So I wasn't comfortable (laughs) leaving that out there. (laughs) And had two scars on her right cheek and gaps between her teeth. She had been visiting family in Oklahoma, but her parents had picked her up and brought her home the day before. And there was a whole big problem. I think she wanted to live with the family, with the other family. There were problems with her parents. It wasn't a good living situation. So she argued with her parents and took off at 2.20 p.m. At 10 p.m., she called her boyfriend, Eric Owens. So that's known. The next day, they had both disappeared. They were sighted around Oklahoma and Kansas, but none of these sightings were confirmed. September 30th, a friend of the family called from Durant, Durant, Oklahoma, and said he had seen the two together and given them some food and cleaned them up, gotten them cleaned up. So that's the only one that felt substantiated, right? Mm -hmm. Police were unable to track them down. Both teens were into drugs at the time of their disappearance. Neither has been seen since, not by any of the family members, not by, because the the boy's mom lived in Kansas, and that's one of the places Uh, there were unsubstantiated sightings. Family lived all over Oklahoma, as Oklahoma family does. <laughs> Speaking from experience, they're everywhere. They just propagate like succulents. Anyway, it there's a theory that because he was into like thought to be into drug dealing and stuff mm-hmm. like that, perhaps they were killed in something drug related. Uh, yeah. Or they're living their lives and said, screw you to everybody. The thing is, she was mad at her parents wanted to live with other family members. You'd think she would have gotten in contact with, with those family members. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like something happened. Patrick Betts. Uh, so second to last one. The last one is the one that I'm like, eh. <laughs> Patrick Betts went missing January 20th, 1988 from Upland, California. He was 11 years old, white with brown hair and green eyes. He had a skin discoloration on his left lower jawbone i don't know what that was i couldn't really tell from the pictures 
Patrick had told his parents he was going to a basketball game, but gave the wrong location for it. So he said, yeah, I'm going to the basketball game at such and such field or, you know, whatever. Right. And there was a basketball game that night for the school, but not there. But they were seen at an arcade. It was a pizza place. Did it say it's called Pizza Chalet? At 9 p.m. Wow. with a friend. That's swank. And they were playing video games because it was the 80s, you guys, and they had video games That's at what places. They did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they did. So he was seen with one of his friends. It was known, this friend was known. Then he left on foot with another teenage boy. And that boy was never identified and he never arrived home. Huh. Uh, he sometimes went by the name Sean, which was his middle name. So if anybody, he could be going by Sean Betts, but there's nothing found. All of these, the people on Reddit search lists, they search through credit lists. You know, the list that like all those credit card companies mm-hmm. get, they look for their names. They look for them showing up in transactions. I mean, these people are investigating it. All of the people on this, you know, mm-hmm. they never have shown up using their names anyway. Wow. Super thorough because uh, the the web sleuths page is about that. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to read through it. I was like, because this person would come on and they were like the person who checked this, and this person was the one who checked this other thing. Okay, so this is the one that I was like, <laughs> it's solved. Come on, give me a break. Uh, but since he still is listed some places as missing, I kept it here. Okay. And there, originally, when I was looking at all this, it said eleven hadn't been found, but one of them was solved fairly recently. Ah, sadly. In a sad oh. way. So she's on oh. the next one. Okay. All right. So Thomas Gibson. And he's the only one of these. He was a baby. Oh. It's, you got all these teenager pictures. And you got his little baby. A little round oh. face. He went missing March 18th, 1991 from Azalea, Oregon. He was two years old. Or two and a half. It said some places. And you know what matters then. White, brown hair, and brown eyes. He was last seen playing in his front yard at 1130 a.m. His father, a sheriff's deputy, claimed he went for a jog after shooting at a feral cat and left his son in his four-year-old daughter's care. Apparently, they lived on kind of like isolated property in a mobile home. Okay. And they had a feral cat problem. And apparently, the dude thought it was okay to shoot the fucking cats, which I was already like, I'm against you. (laughs) So, when he got back home, his son was missing. The four-year-old said she'd seen a couple in a truck take him. The father was told not to come into work, but got into uniform and disappeared for about half an hour during the investigation. Investigators felt he must have shot at the cat and hit his son. That was their theory at the time, accidentally. Ah. A dead cat was found in the vicinity of the boy's last known position. The guy actually said originally that he missed the cat, that he just shot at it. They thought he must have put him in the car and hidden the body when he disappeared in uniform. He claimed it was because he went to a nearby rest stop to see if the couple was there and put on his uniform so that he could deal with it, you know. The investigation went nowhere, and he quit and moved his family to Montana with, I believe, within a year. Quit Um, the police force and moved back to Montana where the rest of his extended family lived. Where was the mom? There. She was inside. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't actually leave the two-year-old in the care of the four-year-old. The two kids were playing in the yard. And mom was inside and mom doing was the dishes, inside. I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Jesus. Right. That, that, okay. But uh, that makes a little bit more sense. A little. I mean, in the 90s, there was a whole, even though we were all playing outside on our own, you weren't supposed to like. The kidnapping shit was just, people don't understand unless they were there how much it was in the news and how much stranger danger there was, which isn't even valid because most people are kidnapped or killed or raped by people they they know, know. et cetera, et cetera. But then it was stranger danger all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. So they moved to Montana. There were three other children. 
So four total with him, mm-hmm. just counting the four-year-old in there. However, in 1994, he and his wife got divorced and she moved back to Oregon with their three children. The daughter who had seen the strangers take her brother changed her story and said she'd seen her dad hitting little Tommy, then putting him in the back and putting him in a black plastic bag and putting him in the trunk of the car. He was, the father was extradited to Oregon where he stood trial. His half sister on the stand said he called her frantically stating he'd killed the boy and thought he might need bail money if they figured it out. So again, sounds like the accident. So he might actually have shot the mm-hmm. boy when he, yeah. His daughter said he had threatened her and made her tell the story about the strangers. And that's why she hadn't until they got away. And it was known that he was abusive. So it does make sense that the others in the household might be afraid. Right. He probably never even went for the jog. Right. So I imagine possibly even mom knew. It was known. Okay. He was found guilty for manslaughter in March 1995. He was out in 1996 because he got like 15 to 18 months was his sentence. Wow. Wow. And he has a website up pleading for help and finding his son and still claiming his innocence. The body was never found. But it's thought when he put on his uniform, he was going out for a drive to do something. And maybe people wouldn't think he looked suspicious if he was, say, burying the body. Or or there was apparently like a little swampy area near them, even though it was Oregon. So the song Runaway Train has been re-released by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children with vocals by Skylar Gray, Gallant, and Jamie N. Commons. Once more, the video reflects missing children from local area areas with the video varying depending upon where it's playing. They actually use geolocation. So you go to the oh. website, which is runawaytrain25.com, and then you can watch your video that's actually now it's not just by country. It's near you Local. and it's wow. pulling them. That's really cool. Within a couple months of the video playing in 2019, at least one girl had been found and brought home. Nice. So, yeah. Wow. I mean, I remember when that came out. Wow. Yeah. And one of the problems people have is trying to find, because it was changed three times, was trying to find all the names of the people who are originally on it. Because the names are in the video. They pop up with their pictures. Right. But, yeah, if... I found the one I watched had names that I've mentioned mm-hmm. in both. And I'll do the other half next week, which are those who were found. And one of them is super, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, holy shit. I don't even remember <laughs> that she was in the video, but it's a very famous case. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I have something completely frivolous now to follow that up with. Yay! So I have to thank Thing 2 for bringing this to my attention. So this is just total mayhem. Yay! This is absolute mayhem. So I'm going to talk about the serial stowaway. Have you ever heard of her? I don't think so. So my sources are Wikipedia, the Simple Flying website, uh, CBS News Station in Chicago. I don't know why I couldn't get the station affiliation. The, the actual, oh, I got you. I, the K-E-T-K. Yeah, that. I'm sure it was that. Marilyn Hartman was born in 1951 or 52. It wasn't clear. Sources were different on when she was born. And and it's kind of like, if you see her picture, it's like, why is this little unassuming woman so noteworthy? In less than 20 years, Marilyn has flown all over the world without ever buying a ticket. Nice. I want to do this. So she's not a pilot. She's not a flight attendant or an air marshal or a... She's not in the military. She doesn't dress up as a member of the clergy. 
Now, I don't know that those would get free rides on an airplane, but it seems plausible at least. And she didn't like hide in the hold. You know, there's always those. When you think stowaway, you think somebody hiding in with the luggage or, you know, inside of a suitcase. Right. In the hold of a ship. Yes, exactly. So she has visited Copenhagen, Denmark, Paris, France, Jacksonville, Florida, Seattle, Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Minneapolis, San Francisco, and London, England. Nice. Well, now, she didn't spend a lot of time at all of those places, but she got there. So, she says she has boarded at least 30 flights without a ticket starting in 2002. So, she claims on her first attempt, she flew to Copenhagen, and her second trip was the one to Paris. So her first documented attempt was in February of 2014 when she got through security at the San Francisco International Airport and popped on a flight to Hawaii. (laughs) Now, on that one, she was caught because the ticket holder for that seat showed up and was like, bitch, get out of my seat. Right. You know, as one does. As I've done. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, and I always double check. No, you're in my seat. Move. Because I picked that specific seat, so get out of it. Can my little child have that window seat? No. <laughs> no, you should have booked the you ticket. You should have booked the... You should have paid for it. Uh, I'm heartless. So, anyway. Uh, ticket holder showed up. She tried again at the San Francisco airport three days later, but didn't get through security. Two days after that... She was caught at San Francisco Airport again with another person's discarded boarding pass. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they had thrown it away, lost it, whatever. But it wasn't, it was not hers. So I want to note that these all occurred post 9-11, post beefed up security. You can't get a half empty water bottle on a plane. I you can't, can't even you can't even go to meet family. So Yeah, I can't get a sandwich. I've had my sandwich wanded. You know, if I'm on a long flight, I pack my own food. Not now because I don't want to take my mask off. But this woman got her whole ass self through security and onto the plane. Her whole ass self. (laughs) So what was her super secret plan? How did she commit all this? From an interview. I got by them. This is the thing that is so crazy. By following someone, they would be carrying like a blue bag. And the next thing I know, I get into the TSA line and TSA lets me through. And they think I'm with the guy with the blue bag. But so I've flown several times. Uh Uh-huh. Me too. Plenty. And that's no, it doesn't matter who I'm behind. She must just be so unassuming. She looks like she's she looks like a grandma. Oh, she's a little invisible yes, older talk, woman. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Mm. But apparently in one of the articles I read in the comments section, several people said, you know what? I was at an airport and I called TSA's attention to the fact that people had gotten through and they didn't, they were, they were just like, no, they didn't. Uh, so when somebody comes up and says, you made a mistake, you let some people, yeah, they're not going to, they're going to, yeah, they're not going to cop to that. So there's an aviation security expert named Jeff Price who says her genius is in the simplicity of her tactics. Mm -hmm. He says unsophisticated plans are often the most successful. And he doesn't think TSA is taking her successes seriously enough as a threat to security. He thinks there should be courses taught on this woman Mm. and how she gets through security. Yeah. Because it, I mean, even if she didn't, 
make 30 flights. She made many flights. She got through security whether or not she got on the plane. Yeah. So. Because even my mom, who's in her late 60s, but like she can't even get. We got busted because she had two pocket knives (laughs) in her bag because she hadn't even gone through it. She just grabbed a bag before we went and they had like, and they had to throw them away. And one was one from her dad. But they were like, you can mail it to yourself. You can run it out to the car. And she was like, throw it away. I've been in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah. But another factor that everybody says is her appearance. She does. She looks like somebody's grandma. She's a smiling little old white lady, sometimes with glasses, got a little bob, got a little gray blonde, you know, white blonde hair, little bangs. (sighs) She's not male. She's not big. She's not a person of color. She's not wearing a head, the headscarf or a hijab. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Do you even know? A what job? Hijab. Hijab. Oh, hijab. Hijab. Okay. She says she's not, she just looks like a grandma. Yeah. So. Which is probably the most. Yeah. Overlooked. uh, Probably. Yes. As as someone who has been overlooked by a bartender. Oh. Standing there waving money going, can I order a drink, please? But there were three very young women at the end of the bar. I'm just going to roll my Uh eyes on that one. And I, when he finally came down, I said, you might want to consider whether phone numbers are more important than money, money, because I grant that they're cute. I have disposable income and I will or will not tip. You can't be based from yeah. fried green tomatoes. I did. <laughs> Tawanda. Yay. I'm older and I have better insurance. That's right. <laughs> so uh, let's get back to Maryland. On uh, August of 2014, she flew from San Jose to Los Angeles, but she was discovered by flight attendants, and, and so they arrested her when they landed. In February of 2015, now, I don't know why, but a lot of this happens in February for her. Yeah. I'm like, that's just weird. That's when she gets restless. I, I get it. February is the- I'm restless right now, so- February is a long, depressing month. Considering yeah. it's only 28 days. At least in Colorado. Yes. February 2015, she flew from mini, mini, Minnesota, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, to Jacksonville, Florida, which, hey, who wouldn't want to go to Florida? From Minnesota, yeah. In February. Her downfall was that once she got there, she went to a hotel and checked in under another person's name. And she was there for a whole night. They didn't catch her until the next day when the person who actually had the reservation showed up. And checked in. In 2016, February of 2016, she pleaded guilty to trespassing but served less than a year in jail. And at this time, she was living in a mental health facility near Chicago. So January of 2018, she goes to O'Hare and tries to board a flight to Connecticut. And I'm like, why? Chicago, Connecticut, they both suck in January. My unbiased opinion. (laughs) Um, but really, after she failed, she spent the night at the airport and successfully boarded that flight to London the next day. She made it. She, nobody picked it out. She made it all the way to London, got off the plane, but of course didn't have a passport Mm -hmm. because the woman is, she's homeless. Oh, she lives in a, she's sometimes in a mental health facility, but she is essentially homeless. And yet. So, She's yeah. living the life, though, so other British, than that. British immigration sent her back 
free. They were like, you right? do not have They put her on a plane for free, though. They did. Um, she again pleaded guilty to trespassing, and the other charges were dismissed. This is kind of what's been happening with her, is theft and um, fraud for impersonating people. But they always keep dropping the other charges and knocking it down to trespassing. They don't want to put the grandma in jail. Exactly. She was sentenced to 18 months. So this last time when she came back from London, she was sentenced to 18 months probation, mental health counseling, and was banned from being on any airport property without a valid ticket in her name. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, somebody was paying attention. A valid ticket in, in your, your name. name. <laughs> yeah, but you have to pay attention to check the ticket. Yes. So October of 2019, she was caught and arrested at O'Hare for trying to get through security without a boarding pass and without any ID. Since she was still on probation from the previous incident, she went to Cook County Jail and was there for a while, but... She wasn't there for a full year. She was released in 2020 because of the COVID fear. Mm. They were re- trying to release yeah. people to cut down on the Non-violent. Spread. Yes. And, yeah. Because she's not violent. No. And I heard her speaking. She's and honestly, not- they're not going to reform her either. No. So she was fitted with an ankle monitor. <laughs> she was getting or is getting daily therapy and is on meds. But in March of last year, 2021, she was arrested again at O'Hare. Because her monitor went off, but she wasn't able to get through TSA this time. Okay. So in tw- so last year, after that last one, her attorney said she was mentally ill. Now, she had previously said that she suffered from bipolar disorder and depression. So her attorney is saying that this is, for her, this is compulsive behavior, mm. that she's not fully in control of this. Um, also, she apparently believes that there is a worldwide conspiracy operating under Barack Obama that has spent decades harassing her, which triggers a flight or fight response, which compels her to get on a plane to get away. I don't... I'm not saying I believe that. I don't know that I believe it. And even... Come on. I've dealt with bipolar my whole life, not me personally, but... Come on. Now, that now was, there are buying, there are destruct, self-destructive. Yes. Now, that was her <sighs> diagnosis was that she was bipolar. I didn't find anybody else. Oh, out. okay. However, they do, I mean, she is suffering from mental illness of some sort. Yeah. She, she is basically, you know, a homeless woman with mental illness. And after 18 months without incident, she had a relapse. So she did go 18 months. She made it to March. Yes. February. <laughs> so her lawyer is contending that she should be treated as a mentally ill individual and not as a criminal. However, the latest judge who this has landed on his plate, she is he is not agreeing. In December, just last month, December of 2021, she was declared fit to stand trial and her case will not be transferred to mental health court. Really? So the this judge is like, I think you're doing this for attention. Every uh-huh. time I turn around, you're on TV. And I think that's what you want. And I'm done. I'm not playing. Okay. So I was not able to find out anything more after she was declared fit to stand trial in December. Well, I mean, that was just a month yeah, ago. Yeah, it's in court. It's been moving all slow because of COVID. Yes. So, and, and this isn't top of It'll the It'll probably heat. be like a year. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just, I'm like... With all the security, and this woman gets on all these flights, she gets through the TSA. I'm going to go try it, but I should probably not have purple hair when I try it. I'm sorry. (laughs) You will never get through. A a position, a person of authority, your hackles go up. 
so high. You're so right. It's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Oh my god, they do. They they can. I think they have a, a sense when you just enter the building. <laughs> there's they start looking around. They're like, "Fuck, is it Shannon? Yeah, where? What's that <laughs> ominous energy coming to?" There's like, me? do you hear that? It's like Jaws music. <laughs> It's the Halloween, <laughs> did it, did it. <laughs> Halloween music. That's that's why husband's ringer for me on his phone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying anything you don't already know. No, it's true. I've seen you with authority figures, and I don't it's know. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so bad. I, don't, I, I just I can't. But what's funny <laughs> is my dad. I, he's freaking. He was. <laughs> He was NSA. And the thing about my dad is he was bearded, which I think automatically kind of puts you in a higher thing or something. I don't know. And we joked that as he got older, he looked like that. The guy that's in the liquor commercials, the most interesting man in the world. So he was he was a good looking guy. Mm -hmm. He was a handsome man. He was constantly getting pulled for the extra. Mm -hmm. Pat downs and pulled into the room and shit. And it's not like he could tell him he was an essay. He was using whichever of his billion freaking passports he had. <laughs> and so he'd have to just deal with it. He was like, do I just look like a terrorist? Is it? Well, we <laughs> had somebody at Bike Speak Writers Conference, one of our faculty members, who was olive toned and had a beard and dark hair, dark eyes. And he, I mean, he was as... American is apple pie. Yeah. But he said every time he flew, every time he got pulled. They're like, you must have some hidden in your beard. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. You know him. And he was just the sweetest person. Yeah. Guy playing the piano. Oh, okay. Yeah, him. And I'm like, if you knew him, he's like, oh my God, such a. And he doesn't even look like. No, a big guy, but with like the friendly open face or whatever. Yeah. My dad has had, honestly, he had been military and he grew up in a military family. He still had a problem with authority, too. So. <laughs> huh. I don't know where you They going. probably felt him coming, too. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, no, it's one of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a canoyer. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, well. This is why we go on car trips. <laughs> Would you we go and deal with that? We, we, yeah, we go, I'll just go through separately. <laughs> What's funny is, though, is that, like, I've actually had mostly good experiences with TSA, especially when we were traveling with little kids. And the only bad experience I had was at LAX. Uh, and we had a whole battle of wills. I'm surprised I got to fly home because <laughs> this dude was such a dick that then I got really mad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you just let me know when you're over it and going to let me get my children situated then. I had a problem. I've had problems occasionally with there are some and I'm not making a blanket statement because it's definitely the minority, but they believe that the way to communicate with people is to yell. And if you don't respond quickly enough, they yell louder. Well, sometimes they have a regional accent and I am not I'm in my own head. I'm not paying that much attention. I'm just trying to get through TSA and they turn around and yell something at me and I stop. When I get yelled at, I stop. That means the line has now stopped moving. And uh-huh. I go, what? I'm sorry, what? What did you say? And then they yell it again. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. What do you want me to do? And so hey? Hey? I, I, I immediately revert to 98-year-old grandma. <laughs> get the cone like in Pete's Dragonbird. Yeah, it's like it's like Granny and the Tweety Bird. 
Tweedy and Sylvester. Yeah, that's me. When you yell at me in the TSA line, I just freeze, I age, and I move arthritically slow. And whereas if the guy goes, oh, excuse me, you need to take that out. Oh, okay. Okay. I, like the woman who wanted to wand my sandwich. I'm like, fucking knock yourself out. But I could understand her. And she said it in a very calm, you know, polite. I'm sorry. If you bring your own food from home now, we have to wand it. In case it. you hid a, a metallic substance she in your goes, sandwich. And she goes, I don't know why. <laughs> she goes, it's not like anybody's hiding explosives in their sandwich. And I said, I could have put beans in there. <laughs> and that made her laugh. So I'm like, okay. Because they can say the word explosive. You can't, but they can. Yes. Did you, you don't say. No. You don't say that or bomb or. No. You don't make a joke. You nope. don't do that. Nope. It's a good thing my husband travels so much because I feel like he's the one who would make a smart ass <laughs> he get in trouble. <laughs> no, that TSA guy in, t- in LAX literally pushed, because you have the bends and the little rolling oh, thing, yeah. pushed my bend back out of the thing repeatedly. Why? I have no idea why he got something up his ass because I was doing for me and both kids. Yeah, I've been in that sitch. It's and yeah, and so I pushed it, and he was like, "It's not your turn." He pushed it back out, and I was at the front of the thing, and I pushed it when there was a gap. I did. In other words, yeah. I was making things go smoothly because I do. Because when I go through TSA, uh-huh. I know exactly what I have to take out. I already have it set up in the places where I'm going to take it out from. I already have my shoes off before I hit it. You know, like. I am a person who plans all that shit ahead of time. When I order off of a menu, I already know the sides <laughs> I want. I know what they're going to ask me, what kind of dressing. I already have it all down because I'm like, I don't want any more awkward exchanges than I have to have. It's a defense mechanism. <laughs> if I just tell you everything, every detail that you need, I would like a burger medium well with a side of salad instead of the fries with ranch dressing, you know, like, <laughs> then I'm going to have it down. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, are you mad because I was more streamlined than the idiots before me? Because I was. I I had some big idiots. So I don't know if he was mad at them and he took it out on me or what. But I was like, seriously? I am always astounded by how stupid people in line for security are. I'm like, okay. with the. I know it's confusing and overwhelming, too. It it is. It is. Because it is for me. Believe me. I I do get that. But... I see people rolling what are look like a steamer trunk. And I'm like, there's no fucking way you're getting that on the plane. It, it's just not going to fit. They are very clear about what size things you can take. <laughs> and then you run into them again. You get through TSA with them. And then you get to the gate. And the person who's checking everybody in has to stop the line and say, okay, this has to be checked. You can't. No. They, Let me yeah. get you a gate check, and that's why they did it, though, because they want to hand it back to them at the gate instead of having to wait at the thing. Mm-hmm. So they're being dicks and holding our hoodie up. <sighs> yeah. Oh, but I did learn, if you are standing in line to get through the TSA, and somebody ha- you've been visiting somebody, and they walk with you and talk with you in line, and then when you get up to the line, they leave, oh, you're going to get your shit searched. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess, because they could have, like, passed you something. Why they would pass you something before TSA, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, because I'm talking about basically middle-aged women. What the fuck? We're not. <laughs> we're angry. We're angry, but we're not going to blow shit up. It's true. And if you do, it's probably not going to involve a plane. If we do, it's going to be verbally. It's <laughs> we're gonna. It's going to be a local place. It's gonna not going to be a plane. You're not gonna, trying to make a bigger statement. No. We're going to look at you over our glasses. We're going to make <laughs> cutting comments about your personal hygiene. 
wow. It's been a ranty little episode, hasn't it? Interesting. <laughs> At least we ended on a somewhat higher note than we started. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what next week will bring? I want to stow away on a plane somewhere, but I also want to get home afterwards. Apparently, if you go to London, they'll send you home. They'll pay for you to come home, but you don't get to see anything. So that seems like a a lot of misery, that long a flight for nothing. Although, I suppose if you're homeless, because they do feed you, and you do maybe you can recline your seat, and you're warm, and... Yeah, if you're homeless, I suppose, and you won't be in agony from sitting on a plane for an hour, let alone... Yes. You know, it's not 17 to London. I think that's... But, you know, 13 hours or whatever it is to get to England. I can't remember. Yeah, then great. Yes. For me, that that would equal immense pain. <laughs> pain levels through the roof. So, yeah. I'm, I just, just, I I'm a know. little bit jealous. Just a little bit. A little bit. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yes, <laughs> thank you listening. for joining us. <laughs> Who knows what next Oh, by find. the time this comes out, my book will be out, The Business of Short Stories. Check it out on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Please do. It's a very informative and well-written Please. book. Thank you. I have read it. <laughs> I got my I got my first uh, book blogger review. Which was I saw. That was a nice, nice. review. Those ones are nerve-wracking. I still have <laughs> another one I'm waiting for because, yeah. they don't know me all right bye bye thank you for listening to mysteries monsters and mayhem find us on facebook and instagram or at our website mysteriesmonstersmayhem.com please like rate and review follow and share wherever your favorite podcasts are downloaded thank you for listening and supporting our podcast we'll be back next week with more shenanigans